Yeah, I like to call it this concept of outsiders. So entrepreneurs that haven't grown up in this Silicon Valley, you know, gone down the standard kind of train tracks of, I did my CS degree at Stanford. Yeah, exactly. I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The co-founders of a startup called Shine once said, you owe it to your company to be as selective as possible about who owns a part of it. You deserve to find your own Gulati. What do you suppose they mean by that? It's always great to hear uh, feedback from our entrepreneurs like that. I'm not going to lie. That's Daniel Gulati, partner for Comcast Ventures. Comcast, the cable and TV and movie company, investing in entrepreneurs just like other venture capital firms. We should point out to the listener, both you and I work for Comcast. Do you get the free cable, the $10 cable? I, I, uh, I get discounted cable, actually. It's I fantastic. get like $10 cable. Yeah. I don't know what your discount is, I, but I get like I, all the I channels. think I'm on the $30 plan, so they must like you more than they do me. <laughs> I get everything. I get like the cricket channel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not bad. We've talked in the past about corporate venture capital, where a big company has its own venture capital arm. In our episode on Salesforce Ventures, we discovered that San Francisco company makes investments in startups that add value to Salesforce. You might think Comcast Ventures invests in things that are close to Comcast's heart, movies, TVs, or theme parks. But Galati supervises investments in things that have nothing to do with cable TV, like a luggage company called Away, founded by two people who never worked in the luggage industry and it's a company now worth a billion dollars. That is the importance of this outsider mentality, right? That um, that you probably couldn't have built a billion dollar luggage company in three years if you were, if if all you had ever done is worked in the luggage industry. And so I think the with Away specifically, I think what you had was a couple of folks that came from you know Warby Parker that had kind of seen the model work elsewhere that could. Uh, 
work the analogy in what was actually a really structurally attractive category. Um, and they went out and executed and, you know, this stuff is, um, you know, day after day after day of, of execution. But, it, but I think if they, if all they had ever done was worked at Samsonite or Toomey, I think it's unlikely that a way would have been born. And so, you know, I, I, I think the exception to that is um, there are some industries so that I think applies for kind of consumer products, consumer internet. There are some industries that actually do require deep domain expertise, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, like, I, I don't think this is categorically true, but I would put financial services sure. as an example of I'm one. not going to start a cybersecurity You're not going to start a cybersecurity yeah. company. You're not going to start a full stack bank, right? right? Without having some idea of what How the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think... I, I think that, that, you know, enterprise software as well is typically one because that tends to be more of a relationship-driven type thing where you have a Rolodex that you can sell into. And so that requires some domain experience. So I, I think there are some industries where you lean more towards, you know, insiders and some industries like, for example, social media or consumer products where, you know, outsiders are actually more. Are there other, you mentioned Warby Parker with eyeglasses and then away with luggage. Is there another industry out there in which you think, you know, I've been waiting for somebody to come in and, and pitch me on this because this could be the the Warby Parker of fill in the blank? Yeah. So I think it's really dangerous to, you know, do the old MBA thing and take out a list of all the industries and kind of rank them by structural. You know, the, it, it, I think a lot of folks have tried to do that. And what ends up happening is, um, you kind of come to the conclusion that actually there are a bunch of categories that could be really attractive, but it comes down to building a brand that consumers love in that category, right? So I can, uh, I guess like a, to answer your question, a great category is kind of necessary, but insufficient. And actually the differentiator is, um, can you build an aspirational brand that consumers gravitate to? Can you execute and serve the customer day after day, which is really hard because it takes a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of moving pieces that need to come together for a way's whole model to work. And can you do it over an extended period of time, um, you know, in a very competitive fashion? And, and it's, actually, it's actually those things rather than the quote unquote category that define success versus, um, you know, versus category. I think there's a lot of revisionist kind of history in VC. And so we can kind of look back and say, oh, luggage had these characteristics or, you know, depending on which way you land on the mattress industry, the mattress industry had these other characteristics when really, you know, Casper was magic because of Casper, Away's magic because of Away, you know, Glossier's magic because of Glossier, um, you know, not because of the category per se. Gulati is also an investor in The Athletic, a new ad-free sports website that charges a subscription. The New York Times says it's already one of the largest sports media companies in the country. Do you think you can make journalism work in that sense? Will people pay for quality journalism? I guess we've seen that with the growth of The New York Times. On the other hand, there is so much information out there that I don't necessarily need to pay for the best information. So the the um, the insight with the athletic uh, that was kind of a non-obvious insight early on was that there is actually an undersupply of content for diehard sports fans. 
and 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 that was actually th that was the inside that that got us really excited and i kind of go back to what's what are the secret what are the secrets that the founders know that the world hasn't yet caught up to and at the time the kind of and you know the athletics started uh 2016 launched their first markets in 2016 um, you know, the the common wisdom at the time was that you actually had a o oversupply of sports content. You had all this free stuff to your point. Um, but the but the but the insight that the founders really brought to the table was because those businesses were um, essentially built on advertising, it it really drove the content that they put out. And the content that they put out was really optimized essentially for eyeballs which meant that you could only really profitably write about certain things, the big national stories, LeBron getting injured, et cetera. And actually what, what fans really wanted to know about was, you know, Warriors fans wanted to know about, you know, DeMarcus Cousins and when he's going to come, you know, when he will return from injury. And they wanted to know about, you know, um, the backstory of, you know, how Steve Kerr was hired as head coach. And, um, and, and actually it wasn't profitable um, for those larger brands that relied on advertising as their revenue model to tell those stories. The second really interesting insight was that um, I think you had some uh, weakness in the local advertising ecosystems where a lot of that stuff was migrating online. And so you had all this great editorial talent that, um, you know, in many ways was, you know, became available. You're and saying so that sports writers were losing sports. their jobs at local newspapers. And so The Athletic was able to kind of put two and two together and say, we've got this great uh, value proposition to both the writers and the subscribers. To the subscribers, the value proposition was, we're going to tell stories that matter to you. And we're going to do it in a way that um, makes sense for our business model. And we're going to do it in a way that's sustainable. And to the writers, the pitch was, Hey, come and work at a place where you can do your best work. And I think if you're a, you know, if you're a journalist, if you're a writer, I way back in the day, um, kind of dabbled in dabbled in writing myself. You know, that is that's a much stronger pitch than hey, get ten thousand page views yesterday, sure. right? And write four stories before four p.m. today, right? And so I think that combination of having journalists and writers do work that matters to them and chase stories and tell stories that matter to them and their fans um, and their followers and, and delivering a superior product to the subscriber, I think is kind of explained a lot of their success today. I think on the media side, if you can build a company that where, where the customers are paying you directly, where the audience is paying you directly, that could be subscription, it could be patronage, it could be a number of different things. I, I think that feels way more sustainable than starting a you know company today that is purely ad supported and competing with all the other free options that are already out there, right? So I think that's one. Number two is um, you know we are, and we talked about this before this started, is we are incredible. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. bullish on the audio ecosystem. And, you know, what we see there is, uh, you know, with each quarter that goes by, more and more time spent, um, listening time spent on podcasts specifically, uh, you know, audio taking share from other forms of media. And, um, you know, I think there could be, there can be and there will be all sorts of different kind of picks and shovels around the audio ecosystem. Like if you think about how underdeveloped it is in terms of uh, measuring listenership and analytics and the ability to remarket directly to your audience, like all the things that exist in the digital world, that scaffolding is still being built in audio. And so not only is the kind of studio and production side of audio interesting, like the create content creation side of audio interesting, I think the ecosystem around audio is becoming increasingly interesting and it always existed, but now that you have the listenership, it's kind of at venture scale now. Um, and so like companies like Gimlet and, and others, I think are just the starting point on, you know, what this will end up being. Um, and, and, and so I think, the, you know, when I think about media, it's really those two areas that are, that are, that are most interesting. But then again, like I always say like, you know, ad tech is probably the least in favor vertical right now or category right now in like maybe all of VC. Like now would be a great time to find an ad tech company and to fund an ad tech company because no one else is looking. And, you know, I've got a belief that if you're starting an ad tech company today as an entrepreneur, you pretty, you know, you, you believe in what you're doing. You're not doing it for the headlines. You know, you're not doing it just to get funded. You're doing it because you are fundamentally solving a problem because it is a, it is an out of favor space. Clean tech, probably the same thing. And so often, the, often when the pendulum swings the other way, you know, that's the best time to invest and to start a company. And so when I think, when I apply that to media, you know, everyone is down on digital, you know, a lot of folks are down on digital media. A lot of folks are down on ad supported media. And so I like to ask myself the question, is now the best time to invest in an ad-supported digital media company? I mean, we haven't, you know, I haven't seen anything this year that, you know, at the seed stage at least that we've gotten there on, but definitely would not rule it out. As someone who is invested in millennial appealing companies and has invested in media and who at least to some degree is related to a large television network. Is there any advice that you would give local television uh, in this age of digital and millennial and all of that information? Out yeah, there? I, I think um, 
transitioning to digital is really important. It's actually a lot of a lot of what happens on local TV is still broadcast and it still actually hasn't transitioned to like a true digital offer, um, you know, on demand as like a basic first step. But uh, all of the all of the things you can do around that IP, right? So whether it's following a specific anchor on social media, whether whether it's offshoots like this that build on kind of existing franchise IP that, um, you know, where you can deliver the content either via audio or, or by digital media. I think going to where the consumer increasingly is, is I think critical. And then secondly, I would say new revenue streams. So I think... Um, being overly reliant on, I, I think you're going to see great media companies that are built off of a very diverse monetization model, which includes some advertising, but also includes other forms of revenue, merchandise, subscription, patronage. Something cetera, you have to be cautious with in journalism. But, uh, but to your point, one of the ways that I discover new interesting media is through YouTube because the Google, you know, you Google whatever it is you're interested in, YouTube has that video. And I find myself more and more and more getting a lot of really good quality stuff on YouTube. I yep. watch probably more YouTube than I do traditional television. Yeah. And I think that's to the point of going to where the consumer is, right? So if I'm trying to get Scott interested in my content, I've got a decision to make. Do I you know, post my content on YouTube where you currently are and you're more likely to watch it because it's an experience that you're used to and you're native to you that that, that you love? Or do I try to, you know, you know, hook you into my platform, my ecosystem, my website, you know, my channel? And, you know, I think I think the right answer is do both, right? So I think there are going to be a set of cons- set of consumers, set of your audience that very loyal to your kind of direct channels and there's going to be a set of you know there are going to be this the snapchat folks or the tiktok folks that will only you know that will spend most of their time on those platforms and you kind of have to figure out a way to get to them uh what characteristics are these entrepreneurs that we've talked about what are you finding in them that you might not be finding in silicon valley because a number of what we've talked about uh are not based in silicon Valley. yeah so this is something that we look uh look hard for, which is, uh, you know, I like to call it this concept of outsiders. So entrepreneurs that, um, you know, haven't grown up in this Silicon Valley, you know, gone down the standard kind of train tracks of, I did my Stanford CS degree at Stanford. School. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I took a job at, you know, Dropbox and I'm now going to start a company. And and that's not to... Um, oh, lots, in, of, lots yeah, of wonderful companies lots of wonderful, have been started. Well, lot started of, lots of great yeah. companies start that way, but... What I find is that in consumer internet, and this is a little bit different, I think, from other areas of the world. I think enterprise software is actually very different. In consumer internet, you know, the next big thing looks nothing like the last. And so you're really, you're really trying to predict kind of non-continuous innovation, right? At the end of the day, that, that's fundamentally our job. And when you think about who is likely to bring to the world this idea of kind of non-continuous innovation. It's folks that have a different perspective by definition, a unique perspective. And who are those folks? Well, they're probably folks that haven't been, um, or, or, or they just, uh, they're just as likely to be folks that haven't been in the industry that we're talking about than folks that have been working in real estate or luggage or whatever for the last 
you know, a couple of decades. And so what I find is that when I look at my portfolio, you know, I look at Away, which is now, you know, over a billion in, in, in valuation, you know, they had no experience in the luggage industry. And in fact, you know, even today, there are very few people at that company that have ever worked in the luggage industry, right? Um, another company that I'm lucky enough to be an investor in is a company called K-Health, which is, um, as of today, at least the number one medical app in the US. It's an AI doctor, you know, alone, um, amazing entrepreneur, had never, you know, had never spent any time actually prior to starting the company uh, professionally in, in healthcare, but just had a perspective on um, on a unique solution that could really, you know, change the fabric actually of primary care. And, and he's, he's, he's on his way to doing that. And so what I find is when you come from outside a industry, you have not only a fresh pair of eyes, but you, you also have something to prove in many ways. So a lot of the folks in the industry, in, in a space, a lot of the incumbents will, kind of laugh at you, tell you you can't do it, give you the hundred re- you know reasons why it won't work. And I find that that is incredibly motivating for entrepreneurs that they that they feel like they've got um, you know I, uh, I think Hunter Walk f- said on Twitter, you know chips on shoulders, put chips in pockets. And it's a little bit the same with outsiders where you have this idea of something to prove and I think that drive is incredibly important as an early stage entrepreneur. Daniel Gulati, Comcast Venture Partners. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers, executive produced by Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni.